The Chicago White Sox destroyed the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. Uh, the game was essentially over after the second inning. White Sox piled it on 17 runs, and they saw big games from Hanser Alberto and Andrew Vaughn. The Sox have now won back-to-back series and head to Pedro Grifol's old stomping ground to take on the last-place Royals. Uh, Dylan Cease is on the mound for the Sox as the Southsiders try to keep things rolling in Kansas City. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, we're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The White Sox visit the Kansas City Royals on Monday. Dylan Cease on the hill for the Sox. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. How about our White Sox? They are now 12 and 23. Uh, the Sox have won five of their last seven games and have won back-to-back series. Not a bad past week, actually, uh, for the White Sox between uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati. Uh, hopefully, uh, more good baseball in Kansas City. Going to talk about that later in the episode. Uh, the weekend was a bit spoiled, though, with the Aloy Jimenez news. Uh, had a appendectomy, I believe, on Saturday night, officially. It just... You know, it just seems like there's a rain cloud uh, that has been following the Chicago White Sox for the last couple of seasons. Uh, nothing that Aloy Jimenez can do. I mean, he needed to have his appendix out. Um, but gosh, you know, the last person that you really wanted to see uh, go down for four to six weeks. I mean, he has been on a tear recently. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the Sox just have to rally. And they did on Sunday. Uh, get into the details a little bit. Uh, Sox, of course, lived by the home run on Friday, uh, first game of the Cincinnati series. Tried to do that on Saturday. It didn't work out. And then on Sunday, uh, just exploded in all kinds of ways. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk Kopech as well. Uh, I don't know if he had some issues maybe pitching with a big lead, but uh, gave up four solo home runs, which was uh, not ideal. But, of course, uh, sacks, you know, 18 hits, 17 runs. So it didn't really matter, but still something to pay attention to. Uh, I was yelling at the TV, especially, you know, after the second inning or maybe even during the second inning, Hey, save some of those runs for tomorrow in Kansas city. I mean, if you've been following the socks uh, for a while, or even maybe just for a few years, uh, you have noticed a pattern when the socks, when they do pile it on double digit runs and they just explode. The next game, it's amazing. It happens. They'll score one or two runs, and you'll say, what? How did they score 17 runs? 
just yesterday. And it's pretty much the same lineup. How, how, how does that happen? It's just the weirdest thing with the White Sox. I wonder if it happens with other teams in uh, the MLB. So uh, hopefully that's not the case. But I'm telling you, if they score one or two runs on Monday with Cease on the Hill in Kansas City, I will not be surprised. That has been the White Sox way. Uh, but we'll stay, we'll, we'll stay focused on Sunday and all the good that happened uh, this past weekend. Sox definitely flexed the power. Uh, hey, Sox had their garage sale uh, this past weekend. It was on Saturday at Sox Park. Always a fun event. Shout out to Chris and his family. Uh, uh, loyal uh, Lockdown White Sox listeners get to uh, talk to them uh, before the garage sale opened. Uh, just awesome talking White Sox. Uh, really appreciate the continued uh, listenership, especially uh, during this season. But uh, fun to meet listeners, talk White Sox baseball, you know, in person and just everything uh, that's been going on with this team. And, you know, uh, saw, you know, a, a pretty good series in Minnesota. They should have swept, but uh, I was hoping for at least a series win and we got it in Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati, you know, was five games under uh, coming into the series with the Sox. They were probably looking at our White Sox like, okay, here we go. Should be an easy weekend. So I'm glad the Sox went in there uh, and took the series. It's you know, you're not going to win every single game, but if they're going to try to claw their way out of this hole that they dug themselves, uh, you just got to win series. And now they've got to stay focused, put Sunday behind them uh, and, and stay focused on Monday. And hopefully Pedro Grifol will be able to do that. Uh, interesting article uh, from Bob Nightingale. Always interesting when he starts writing about the, about the White Sox for uh, USA uh, Today. And sometimes it just feels like, you know, he is a White Sox whisperer. Uh, he is getting information from Jerry Reinsdorf, from the front office. Of This is what the message is that we want to send out. You go ahead and put it in an article. So uh, the, the title of the article on Sunday, Can MLB's Most Disappointing Teams Turn Things Around? Uh, and he kind of started off a little bit with uh, maybe tongue-in-cheek, a bit of a joke, but there's some seriousness to it. And Nightingale wrote, uh, isn't it time for, uh, you know, to fire rookie manager Pedro Grifol and bring back Ozzy Guillen in Chicago? Um, so, look, ever since Robin Ventura uh, got the job, uh, when the White Sox are scuffling and they're playing poor and they're going through just a horrible stretch, or they're having like what's been going on with the Sox this season, there is always – have been a call for Ozzie Gian. You know, we need Ozzie Gian back. He's going to light a fire. We need his passion. And I, I honestly, I really thought it was going to be Ozzie Gian as the next manager uh, back uh, this past fall. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, Rick Hahn seemed to be given permission to find the manager that made things a little different then. And like, okay, I, I doubt it's going to be Gian, but it, it felt like it there uh, for a little while. Uh, and, you know, I think the calls for Ozzie Gian, uh, which I totally understand. I mean, it, it, look, if Ozzie Gian's manager right now, it's at least going to be probably more entertaining uh, than what we, we've got going on right now. Um, but uh, would that be the right move? Look, probably not. But that the call for Ozzie Gian is never going to go away while Ozzie Gian is a presence and he is around. I mean, he is on, of course, NBC Sports Chicago pre and post speaking his mind and uh, on the score 670 at least once a week, maybe a couple times a week. He was just recently on A.J. Pruszynski's foul territory. I mean, he is around. He is a presence. Uh, players hear what he has to say. And so 
I just thought that was kind of interesting by Nightingale. Um, is that something that, you know, the front office and Jerry uh, has in mind if things continue to go down this way? I doubt it. But again, there's always going to be a call for Guillen when you've got uh, something like, you know, 12 and 23 right now uh, for the Sox. Uh, Nightingale continued to write, if you're a Cardinals, White Sox, Yankees, Phillies, or Mets fan, or any other underachieving team, a poster of the 2019 Washington Nationals team should be hanging in your clubhouse wall. Uh, this is a team that was 19 and 31 and sitting 10 games out of first place in the NL East on May 24th, 2019. The secret, don't panic. Uh, you have to understand the process, understand what you're trying to do and stay positive, uh, Washington Nationals. Manager Dave Martinez said, and things will turn around in 2019. That was my focus with the coaches, with the players. I was fired up. Hey, keep playing hard, keep staying positive, and don't worry about the wins and losses. Everything will even themselves out. You just go uh, stay in the fight. You never know what's going to happen. Now, some of Pedro Grafol's post-game comments uh, have had that type of theme. Uh, just we have to keep playing. It's not like we're going to stop playing. Uh, you know, we had a rough stretch. Teams go through this. It's unfortunate that it happened at the beginning of the season. But we just have to keep staying positive, you know, keep keep our focus. So I, I've heard that kind of statement from Grafol. Uh, uh, Bob Nightingale continued, though. Uh, the White Sox have the Bermuda Triangle of lousy hitting, awful pitching, and horrendous uh, defense. Uh, the White Sox, believing that last year was just an aberration, are playing in the weakest division in the American League. So uh, you can go out there and, and be positive and stay focused, but you have to be playing good, solid baseball. Uh, your, your starting pitching has to step up. Your bullpen has to step up. You can't live just by the home run. You have to have situational hitting, and you got to do the little stuff, the fundamentals, the stuff you should have been doing uh, since high school. So uh, Nightingale had some predictions kind of as he tends to do in his articles. Uh, and he wrote, if the Rangers, if the Texas Rangers can wait, they could pick up veterans, Joe Kelly or Kendall Graveman. If uh, the Chicago White Sox are out of the race by July, uh, the White Sox, uh, this is what he wrote. The White Sox don't plan to keep starter Lucas Giolito after this season uh, and will make him available at the trade deadline if they are out of the race um and that is not a terrible that's not a big surprise it's it's sad news uh you've been following his career for a long time now uh but not a surprise i mean when was the last time the chicago white Sox gave a contract extension to, to one of their starters that had been kind of in the rotation for several years john danks you know, late 2011 going into the 2012 season. I mean, you know, just think about all the different arms that we've had that have either been traded or, you know, going to given up on or like they didn't extend their contract. They let those uh, pitchers walk. The Sox do not pay for, you know, their hometown pitching and they don't go out and they don't spend big money uh, during free agency on pitching. They just don't. I mean, you've seen the White Sox give contract extensions to Yohan Mancada, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, I think before he even played an actual game, Tim Anderson very early in his career, but not with pitchers. Uh, absolutely not. So I hate to say it, but you know, I, I agree. I think Lucas Giolito 
they try to get something for him. I don't know what you're going to get, but they try to get something for Lucas Giolito, especially, um, you know, if things are going downhill by the trade deadline. Now, I, even, even if the White Sox somehow figure it out and they win the division and they have a successful season, even if I still think Lucas Giolito walks, the Sox just do not have a track record of, you know, re-signing or bringing in uh, starting pitching. So uh, unfortunate, but that's what it is. Uh, however, though, Nightingale wrote, the White Sox certainly plan to pick up the $15 million option on closer Liam Hendricks in 2024, considering the buyout is also $15 million. So in terms of bullpen and relief pitchers, you know the White Sox spend money, okay? They've got one of the most expensive bullpens in all of baseball. So that's weird. The Sox do spend money on, on relievers, which sometimes you can kind of just find and figure out. Uh, but starting pitching, they, they will not spend money on that. Um, uh, Liam Hendricks, speaking of Liam Hendricks, uh, he has thrown for the Charlotte Knights uh, recently. A couple outings have done pretty well. So keeping, uh, keeping tabs on him, that is just an amazing story. Uh, great, great, great to hear. Again, Aloy Jimenez, uh, hopefully the recovery process goes well for him. They're, they're saying four to six weeks on that appendectomy. Uh, that would put it around June uh, 3rd to June 17th, if you look at that uh, four to six week uh, timeline. Now, the All-Star break is July 10th, trade deadline August 1st. So when, when it comes to what Nightingale was saying, if, if the Sox are uh, you know, out of it and, and way back in the division by July, they might try to make some deals. But I, I honestly, like, I think it would be after the all-star break and they might even want to wait up until the trade deadline. If they're really looking for maximum value, uh, Jimenez again, he, just the hottest hitter so far with the white sacks, uh, last seven games slashing four sixty four, five sixteen, seven fourteen, couple home runs, and eight RBI. So hopefully a speedy recovery for Aloy Jimenez. Uh, White Sox definitely flexed their power this past weekend, hitting multiple home runs in each of the three games. Uh, tough news again for Jimenez, but another series win for our White Sox. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Uh, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, uh, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Uh, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, uh, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. Uh, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Uh, eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Chicago White Sox play the Kansas City Royals on Monday. Dylan Cease on the Hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Hey, let's start with Sunday. Uh, that was a, a feel-good game. Sox destroyed the Reds 17-4. to Now, Cincinnati was winning 1-0 uh, 
uh, early, very early in the game, which is kind of funny thinking back on that. Uh, Sox scored a ton of runs early, 11 runs in the second inning alone. Uh, most since I think I saw 2007, if that's right. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had a triple and double before the third inning. Again, a triple for Andrew Vaughn. Uh, home runs, uh, Alberto and, and Sheets. Uh, Alberto had a couple doubles as well. Uh, Sox offense, 17 runs, 18 hits, seven extra base hits, uh, eight for 13 with runners in scoring position. Uh, they walked four times, which is kind of impressive, and seven strikeouts. Uh, Alberto, four for four, a uh, couple doubles and a home run, four RBIs for Hanser Alberto. Vaughn, three for five, home run short of the cycle. Uh, Zavala, the only starter to not get a hit. So uh, the first game uh, without Aloy, well, I guess the second game without Aloy Jimenez, but the first game after kind of the big news, uh, you know, it just seemed like Saturday's game. There was something was going on. Obviously, could have been affected by the news of Aloy Jimenez. But Sunday, that was a great response. Losing uh, such a spark plug to the offense, and and they came out and they they did that. That that was great to see. Um, now, Michael Kopech was your starter on Sunday. He went six innings, eight hits, four earned runs, one walk, only two strikeouts. Gave up. Four solo home runs. Uh, his ERA now at 5.97. Now, again, it's buried. That that right there is buried because the Sox had 17 runs and they won the series. Um, but it's it's kind of weird pitching with a massive lead. And, and it was early. I mean, the Sox were up like 11 to 1 uh, after the second inning. And you sometimes lose focus. I'm wondering if that was an issue for Michael Kopech, where – you know, I've got this massive lead. I can kind of just, I don't have to be so fine. I, I, I can maybe get a little experimental. If I miss, you know, more in the zone, I might just start throwing fastballs. That, that might have happened. And they just kind of teed off for those four solo home runs. Uh, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. I'm wondering if it was a closer game, uh, if there would have been a different game plan from him and, uh, and Zavala behind the plate. Uh, but, you know, uh, something to kind of keep an eye on. I'll have to go back and, and listen to some of his comments that he made uh, post game where his mind was at. Uh, bullpen, though, Middleton, man, solid again. Last three outings for Middleton, two and two thirds innings, zero hits, a walk, and five strikeouts. So it's good to see him emerge as a reliable arm. Uh, on Saturday, that was the loss. Uh, Sacks fell to the Reds five to three. Look, ball goes far, team goes far. You've heard that saying quite a bit. Uh, it happened on Friday, but you can't live by the home run alone. Uh, they tried to on Saturday. Alberto and Zavala had home runs. Zavala finally broke out of a funk. Uh, he had a no doubter. And uh, and then you had the Aloy Jimenez appendectomy news, the, the four to six recovery time. And this is what Grafol had to say. Uh, Aloy is our four-hole hitter. Uh, he was swinging the bat really well. Uh, Robert now is swinging the bat really well. Today was his fourth straight game with an extra base hit, and that ties a career high for him. So being able to have those two guys swinging the bat at the same time with a couple of other guys in Mankata doing a rehab uh, stint, which he hit a home run on Sunday with the Charlotte Knights. Uh, it was promising, but that's life. There's stuff you're You've got to deal with, and we've got to move on. Thank God everything came out all right. So exactly, you got to move on. 
Uh, and, and this is the kind of the thing we've been saying over the last couple seasons when Robert has gone down or, or TA or, or Jimenez, uh, Mancada, like you just got to keep, keep moving. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing that they're playing Kansas city. Um, you know, hopefully they don't sleep on a last place Kansas city team. They're tough to play. They've been very tough on the White Sox. But on Saturday, White Sox offense, three runs, eight hits, six strikeouts, a couple walks. Sox for one for eight with runners in scoring position. Again, uh, it's good to have those home runs, but you got to execute when you have the opportunity. Again, this is what Pedro Grifol said after that Thursday uh, loss to the Twins where the Sox were one for 16 with runners in scoring position. It's not frustrating for me. The right guys were at the plate. It was just one of those days. They had a good approach. They took good swings. It just didn't happen. Hitting's tough. I will always refer to that quote. I'm sorry. I thought that was such a goofy, goofy quote from Pedro Grifol. Like, what are you watching? Thankfully, whatever happened on Saturday, they cleared that up, obviously, on Sunday. Clevenger was your pitcher on Saturday. Six innings. Uh, he uh, gave up four earned runs, a walk, seven strikeouts, gave up one home run, and it was a biggie, really the nail in the coffin for the Sox. Uh, his ERA sub five, 4.84 through 97 pitches on Saturday. Uh, Santos and Colome were in your, uh, came in for the bullpen on Saturday. Each pitched an inning. Santos gave up a run on two hits. Uh, Friday kicked the weekend off in a nice way. Sox won a tight one, 5-4. Uh, Hunter Green was on the mound for Cincy, man. He had some swing and missed stuff. He's got some high velocity, tough guy to face. Fourth inning, Reds were up by one. And then back-to-back -back singles, runner on the corner, nobody out. Third single in a row, it was 2-0. Uh, and then fourth single, 3 nothing. So the Reds were piling on early. Fifth, Sox came storming back. Elvis Andres, thank you. A three-run home run, first of the year. Uh, he really let Alberto off the hook, who just couldn't get it done earlier in the inning. Bottom of five, Jonathan India. Man, he can play. Uh, he did some damage against the Sox this past weekend. He had a solo home run to dead center, and it was off a cement mixer by Lance Lynn. Cement mixer, just a cutter that just didn't do anything. It just spun in a circle like, a, like the back of a cement mixer. Uh, and it was 4-3. Uh, then Aloy Jimenez with a with a hit. And then Robert with a bomb off of a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. It was 5-4 socks at that point. Uh, Lynn started the bottom of the seventh. His, his pitch count was in the high 90s. Uh, there was an error by Yaz with two outs. Uh, thought Yaz might have hurt himself swinging in the ninth, but he played on Saturday. Uh, Lopez was in the ninth. Sebi took over for Yaz. Uh, there was a leadoff walk, and I was just thinking, here we go again with Lopez. But Luis Robert Jr., with an outfield assist, uh, tracked down a fly ball, really didn't, have, really didn't have to move too much. And then Cincinnati was taken off, and he doubled him up, Robert did. I mean, that was a, that was a tough, tough, tough decision by uh, Cincinnati. I don't know where his mind was at. Uh, and then Lopez uh, had a 101-mile-per-hour fastball to end it. This was what Grafol had to say on Robert after Friday's game. I can't stress this enough. Every time we, we talk about this, 
you're going to go through stretches like this. It just so happened that he went through this at the beginning of the season, but everybody goes through this at some point. It's 11 games. He's performed in the past. He's going to perform again. He's an extremely talented individual that can show off all five tools in one game at any time. Uh, on Friday, uh, you know, he was one for four in the game. He was hitting in the sixth spot on Friday, which I thought was interesting, but that was uh, limited as he got moved around uh, throughout the weekend. Elvis uh, was one for one with two walks in that big three-run home run. Uh, Sacks offense on Friday, five runs, seven hits, one for three with uh, runners in scoring position. Uh, Lynn, six and two-thirds, eight hits, four earned runs, zero walks, which was great. Eight strikeouts, good to see. Gave up that one home run. His ERA, 6.86. He threw 103 pitches, man. He's been throwing a lot of pitches. Kelly and Lopez each pitched an inning out of the bullpen. uh, Combined zero hits, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, This is with Andrews after Friday's game. Collectively, as a team, everybody has started to relax, uh, loosen it up. Very happy that April is gone and we uh, can turn the page. I love it that way. Everybody has a brand new mindset coming to the ballpark and just getting ready for every series. So when you hear stuff like that, uh, it makes me think back to that Dave Martinez quote about the Nationals. Just you got to have a short memory, focus on what's in front of you and just kind of puts, start putting some wins together. Uh, Sox manager Pedro Grifol has spent a lot of time over the years in a Kansas City Royals uniform. Uh, he leads the White Sox into Kauffman Stadium for a four-game series starting on Monday. Uh, more on that in a moment. Sox in Kansas City, four-game series. Uh, Sox were 9-10 and 10 against the Royals uh, last season. Royals always play the Sox tough. Uh, I made a trip out to Kauffman Stadium, uh, actually a couple times. It's been a while since my most recent trip, but I mean, you just don't see White Sox wins. I don't think I've seen the Sox win in in maybe six games when I've gone out to Kauffman Stadium, which is a fun stadium. They've got that uh, Royals Hall of Fame out in left field. It's worth your time. You're going to eat well, that's for sure, in Kansas City. Man, they just play the Sox so tough. Uh, Pedro Grifol's return. So what does he have up his sleeve for his old uh, team? This was the write-up uh, after Grifol was hired as the White Sox manager uh, this past fall. Uh, Grifol had been with the Royals organization since 2013 and had served as a quality control coach, catching coach, and bench coach along the way. Uh, Grifol was on the Royals coaching staff for the organization's consecutive World Series appearances in 2014 in 2015, with the latter season, of course, culminating in a World Series victory. Skeptics of the hiring can perhaps point to the fact that Grifol was twice passed over as a managerial candidate by the Royals themselves. Though the first time around, it appeared as though Mike Matheny was always the clear heir apparent to Ned Yost upon the latter's retirement. Uh, this offseason, the Royals perhaps simply wanted a fresh voice from Outside the organization after an ownership change in 2019, uh, the dismal uh, of a long time, the dismissal, I'm sorry, of longtime president of baseball ops, Dayton Moore, and the aforementioned ousting of Matheny. The two clubs are also simply at different points in their competitive cycles and may thusly prefer different traits from their newly minted skippers. So 
Grafol knows his uh, former team very, very well. It'll be interesting to see how he prepares the White Sox, how they are prepared uh, to face the Royals. Dylan Cease against Zach Ranke on Monday. Cease not having a 2022 type of start. Uh, very difficult to repeat. Uh, Granke having a very rough beginning. Uh, one and four with a 5.25 ERA. Uh, he has rocked the White Sox to sleep, though, in previous starts. Granke is 10 and 10 with an ERA of 3.81, 166 strikeouts, and one save in 31 appearances against the White Sox in his career. Uh, last meeting was last August 11th. Uh, in Kansas City, where he went six and a third innings, gave up nine hits, but zero earned runs, zero walks, and five strikeouts. He is not going to overpower you. He was going to mix things up. He's going to change locations and speeds and keep you off balance. Uh, I think this is a must-win series uh, for the White Sox. I think every series here on out is a must-win series for the White Sox. Sox were four and six in Kansas City last year. Uh, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick uh, underscore GGTV. Hey, don't uh, forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I appreciate it if you pass that along to other White Sox fans in your life. Sacks take on the Royals. Dylan Cease on the Hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM and the SXM app. Search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. Hey, everydayers, you know who you are. On the next episode, I will recap Dylan Cease's outing and hopefully be celebrating a White Sox winner. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski, and until next time, Go Sox!